when an injury set his NFL career back to the locker room, this up-and-coming star could have given in. But instead, he turned tragedy into opportunity and catapulted his career in a completely different direction. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I want to share with the audience today is just understand that this game is a long game. This game is about micro speed and macro patience. Yannick, former Tennessee Titans football player and real estate mogul found meaning in his struggle and used that drive to send him into the entrepreneurial big leagues. What he discovered in hard times would become a difference maker in the world. I'm, I'm always looking for opportunities to solve problems because a lot of times that's where the money is made. If you don't know how to balance emotion with investing, you're going to lose your money. It's going to take people, it's going to take processes, and it's going to take systems as well. I'm Mike Kading. Welcome to Zero to Unicorn, where we dive into the lives of the unique visionaries among us that have made a billion dollar impact in the world. It doesn't really matter like what's up against me. You know, what matters is my response to it. Yannick has done some simply incredible things throughout his career, starting in the NFL and developing into real estate. I'm excited to dive into that at a deeper level, but first, I wanted to understand how someone becomes an NFL player. Really, it comes down to determination and just grit, right? I think anything mm. that you really want in your life, I think you have the opportunity to to accomplish. It really just comes down to sacrifice. And I tell people this all the time, success comes with sacrifice. Like nothing great is, is going to be achieved without some sort of sacrifice. And that might be money, time, et cetera. And that's really what it came down to for me. I remember back in you know early days in high school where I was the last guy leaving from the gym or the guy that's on the field doing extra reps just to get better or the guy that's staying behind at the practice to get better, or the guy that's staying behind in the film room just to do that extra, right? Because I truly believe if you really want to be at the top, you know, 1% or just the top of any space, you have to do more than the average, right? You have to be able to commit to doing what's necessary to get to that top space. So, you know, success is, is, is simple. You know, we all know the formula. It just comes down to who's willing to sacrifice to get it. I hear go the extra mile a lot from entrepreneurs, but what does that mean in the world of the NFL? Especially in the NFL, you know, everybody is great. High school is, is so much easier because you can be like 6'2", 250, you know, I see people in the South now, it's just crazy how, how big they are. Um, you can be big in high school and just get by, right? College is a little bit, a little bit more challenging, but when you get to the pros, I mean, everybody is great and you're playing with grown men who are like in their middle 30s that have five kids and they got to feed their family and it's just a, a different level of, of hunger and a different you know the barbaric nature of, of of football just is a different mentality to to last long in the nfl so um you know to get to that to get to that space and be able to, to compete and and play at a high level uh it's 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 something that um you know it's truly something to be proud of there's talent is only going to get you so far. There's the adage that goes, you know, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And there's a lot of, you know, I think people across the board, not just the NFL, but people, I truly believe, believe that that each one of us has, has a gift, right? And it's up to us to, to unleash that gift, right? It's up to you to unleash that gift within yourself. 
And um, I just have this other feeling as well that you can close the gap with hard work. You may not be able to, you know, jump out of the gym or you may not be able to run like a 4-3, 40-yard dash, but there's some aspect within the game that I always believe that through hard work, you can close the gap and still compete. And I think, you know, when it comes to your example of Tom Brady, I think, you know, he figured that out. He figured out that if I can, you know, focus on the details, focus on the little things that can separate um, myself between other quarterbacks or focus on the little things that would actually uh, make plays happen, it really just comes down to mentality. I say say that all the time. It really just comes down to mentality and, and how much you, um, you, you, you really want to work to your goal. But where does someone find the energy, drive, and the kind of mentality to make it through and get into the NFL? For, for me, it was, you, I had that, that internal motivation. And that internal motivation allowed me to push past, I, I say this other thing too, like your brain is much more stronger than your body, right? Um, because a lot of times when we think that we don't have enough, probably have another 20 to 30% that we, that we can keep going, right? And then, and and I got to a point where I was able to master that override of when it got tough, when I, I for me, I, I feed off of other people getting tired. When I see other people getting tired, I feed off of that. I feed off of that as like an opportunity to to go hunt, to go eat, to go go 100 miles per hour, to, to separate myself from the comp- competition. That's how I was able to to be the to, to be that underdog, right? That guy that nobody believed that you know, walked on from Division Two would earn a scholarship at Division One. Nobody believed that, you know, got to Division One and would become one of the top linebackers in the NFL. Nobody believed that, you know, he'd be at the bottom of the depth chart, but but still, you know, having an opportunity to to make the team his rookie year. So it, it really comes down to I keep saying mentality, man. That's that's so crucial. That 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 mentality, you know, having that we say in in, in sports that dog mentality, that 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 willingness to just keep fighting no matter what that that's really what separates the greats versus the averages wow what a great sentiment and one i've seen mirrored in my own life as yannick began to explain his journey to the nfl wasn't a conventional one i wanted to know what was the journey from division two to division one like for him I always had the work ethic and I knew that if given the opportunity and given the the, the coaching, et cetera, I would be able to, to flourish. Uh, for I, You know, people, when I decided to, to give up my scholarship at the division two level and walk on to a division one program, you know, people thought I was crazy. My, my head coach at the, at the division two level thought I was crazy, but, but I truly believe, you know, at, at, certain points in your life, you're always going to have to make hard decisions, tough decisions, right? And life is about choices that you make. The choices that you make determine the outcome that you have to deal with in your life. And when I when I gave up that, that scholarship, it's just something inside of me that said, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to rely on hard work, right? And I know that if given the opportunity, I'll be able to, to earn a scholarship. And it's somewhat unheard of, but it took me one semester to be on full scholarship. And this is this is something that like I know that 
you know, a lot of athletes out there that are trying to transition outside of sports to another space that may not know what they're doing. They really just have to latch on to that internal drive and that, that, that same energy and that same work ethic and just apply that into a different space. Right. Because no matter who we are in life, we're always one opportunity away. Right. If you think about it, we're always one opportunity away from reaching our goals, getting to the next step. And I don't necessarily believe in luck. I think that success happens when opportunity meets preparation. And I've always lied on the ability to be prepared in hopes of that opportunity coming, right? And so um, that was kind of like my my story from transitioning from the Division Two level to the Division One level is just, you know, relying on that underdog mentality and, and just telling myself that I'm just going to be prepared and wait till till the opportunity comes. Let me pause here for a moment. This is really insightful. Yannick is in Division Two. He's doing fantastically well. He has an amazing team around him and a scholarship to boot. But Yannick wasn't satisfied by being the big fish in a small pond. He wanted to do more. There's a risk surrounding that. I had to know more about taking that initial step into a bigger world. Funny story, I remember when my, my first you know workout at the Division One level, um, you know, I was I was a guy that was coming up from the Division Two level, and I and I knew that I wanted to to turn heads. Right, that's one thing that I always knew that um, if you got an opportunity to, you know, when somebody's watching, you got to make sure that they're focusing on you. Same thing when you're on the field, on you know, coaches are watching film. They they always look for for players that stick out. Like who's standing out? Who's running to the ball? Who's who's doing doing you know doing what they're supposed to do at at any given time? So it's just fun, funny story, you know, to to that point. Um, there was this, you know, one of one of the linebackers and we had this tug of war drill. And I knew that the guy was stronger than me, right? He was super built, everything, but I called him out basically, you know, to <laughs> to do a one-on-one -on -one tug of war, kind of post-workout, you know, macho on macho type of drill. You know, it's it's somewhat similar it's somewhat similar to that that Oklahoma drill. I'm not sure if you if you know about that in football where people get up off their back and just run into each other and the coaches just get crazy, right? Um, but I say that to say, you know, I was out. There was no fear in me of, of of losing, right? There was. I I wanted to 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 make sure that I was setting the tone for myself of mm. this is the competition that you have to get used to, right? And I think once you put yourself in circles that are challenging, you put yourself in spaces that are um, tough to, to 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 come by. I think that only hardens you as a person to move forward. Um, and so, yeah, I totally believe that, you know, once you surround yourself with people who are better than you, or you surround yourself with people who are competitive and, and have that spirit, there's, there's no reason why you can't be next. I think Yannick said something really powerful here, which is that you put yourself almost in a tough situations because in being in that tough situation, it's uncomfortable. It's painful, it's stressful, but you've become so much stronger of a person by having got through that tribulation. With that attitude shift, Yannick must have known the NFL was going to call. I went undrafted. You know, it was always a, a goal of mine to be drafted. I Actually, I did have the opportunity to get drafted, but the way that the NFL works is that, you know, the first 
one to three rounds are good rounds to get drafted in. But when you start slipping into like fourth to seventh round, you really want to be super specific about the team that you want to go to because you want to make sure that you have the best ability to compete, right? And so when I got, you know, <clears throat> got the call in the fifth or, yeah, got we got the call in the fifth. You know, they were thinking about drafting at that time. They didn't. Then I got a, got a call in the seventh round from the Detroit Lions that said, hey, you know, we, we know you play outside linebacker. We know you like to sack the quarterback, but we think you would be a great inside linebacker you know do you would you would you be open to that and i told them no i told them i wasn't I, I was not open to that because i knew that again i keep saying opportunities i knew that if i went undrafted i'd, I'd have more of a, a an opportunity to select where i want to go to after looking at that roster um <clears throat> so you know i didn't i didn't i didn't get the call unfortunately but you know i'm, I'm a big person on just opportunity my I, you know my underdog story my underdog my underdog um mentality is i don't care what where i'm at who i'm up against line me up and let's go at it right and that, that was just kind of the mentality that i had so when i got into the nfl and, and you know officially signed with the tennessee titans i knew that it was game on from there so yannick is at a point where he could have signed he could have been drafted and he said no like so many other entrepreneurs, Yannick had a deciding moment, but unlike others, Yannick's decision would either take him to the NFL or not. It was tough because, I mean, I always wanted to be drafted, right? Uh, um, you know, I could have went in a higher round. Unfortunately, I had some injuries that were, uh, you know, part of the questioning, you know, mm -hmm. was, was my health, you know, being able to stay healthy. So... You know, obviously that that was that was certainly tough, but I'm 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 just big on opportunities. I want to put myself in the best situation possible, and I knew just from talking to my agent that, you know, the, the later rounds are, you know, although yes, you do get a a, a larger signing bonus, at, you know, at some some points, depending on how competitive the the free agency mark market is, um, you're better off just just sacrificing an extra 10 to 20 grand to be in a situation where you're competing with maybe less people or people who you know that you can beat out and making much more money by actually being on the team. So that was the the, the strategy there. And, and I just went with it and it paid off. The agents typically have those connections. You know, I was represented by a, a full-time agency and, you know, they typically have the connections with the front office and they're talking pre-draft, post-draft, you know, building hype, et cetera. So it was just, you know, I think I probably had like 17 offers from different teams. And and I felt that the, the Titans was the, the best opportunity for me to, to compete. I know guys that, that never made it to the NFL that should have gotten a lot of offers. Fortunately, I, you know, I guess I had something that, you know, was, 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 was something that um, I guess I was good enough to, 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 you know, get a lot of those offers, but it felt great. But, you know, I, I was just more focused again on, on just the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. I was, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, wherever I'm going, I'm in the best opportunity to, to win a spot on the team. And again, fortunately it, it came through. So it's just a, a long season. You know, they, they call it the the rookie wall for, for a reason, you know, you, after, after college football ends, maybe December, you know, maybe January, depending on how late your bowl game is, then you just go straight into pre-draft, you know, workouts. Then there's the combine. I went to the combine. Then there's the pro day. 
and you're still working out to kind of be in shape and then you get drafted and, and then like a week later they fly you out to the to to the city of, of, of the team they put you in a hotel then you're in rookie mini camp and 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 otas and you get a month off but you're still working out and then you have to go back to camp and then you have the whole season so they're they call it the rookie wall because it's just you know almost a pretty much a, a full year of, of activity in football you know, to, to, to make the team is, is very, very challenging because, you know, I'm not sure what the new CBA rules are now, but but uh, I think back back then it was a 53-man roster. Mm. You would start out with like 100 people and <laughs> every week, you know, every week, you know, people would just get cut. And, you know, the mental toughness that you have to have in the NFL is, is, is just, it's, it's totally different. Because picture, you know, for example, if, if you, let's say, if you were an architect or maybe if you were an you know, engineer or, or you worked in IT and every week you're seeing people released, cut, fired, you really have to have like that mental fortitude and toughness to to just push past that and keep going. You know, it's a it's a different different ball game when you when you're kind of experiencing that. And um, that's the human side that a lot of people don't know about in the NFL. I think a lot of you know, outsiders looking in may look at the NFL and say, oh, well, these guys are making, you know, seven, eight, make some cases, nine figures these days. Right. And and I think, you know, there's still a human element to, to some some portion of it from a mental mental health perspective. When, when you talk about, you know, your job is on the line, literally, especially if you're a rookie every single day. So uh, for me, it was just pushing, pushing, you know, pushing forward, uh, competing, beating out, you know, people on the team and, and quite frankly just just making making the hey it's mike let's beat the banks at their own game traditional banks don't have great interest rates but they charge businesses like norhart higher rates and they keep all the profits why don't we cut out the middleman and connect directly thus leaving more for both of us invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates to learn more visit norhart.com that's N-O-R-H-A-R-T dot com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and get more than you ever could at a bank? This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest. Team. I think that if the average person saw their coworkers get laid off, even just a couple of them, they would be in a very tough emotional state because of that. But in the NFL, it's every single day that people are getting let go. So how it goes in the NFL is they give you iPads and, and we have this we have this thing called uh, the Reaper. Basically, you know, when someone from the front office comes down to your locker and says, hey, bring your iPad, come with me, that means you're getting cut. And um I've seen a lot of those, you know, mm -hmm. while, while, you know, I was in the NFL and, and that's probably one of the, 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 the worst feelings that you could, that you could have is the Reaper to come by and, and tell you, bring your iPad and come up, come upstairs to the front office. But what was it like walking onto the field for the very first time at a real NFL game? It was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I, I remember my, my first preseason game, you know, lining up against like Matt Ryan looking to my left and it was Julio Jones and I was just like man last week I was <laughs> literally just in college right 
um, you know, that was just a, a wonderful experience. And it, it was super gratifying to, to, to feel like, you know, out of all the obstacles that was placed in front of me, you know, all of the, the hurdles, you know, all of the press that was saying, well, you know, he's not good enough. You know, he is, you know, not, you know, not the best that, that, you know, can make it to, to the pros, you know, to, to overcome that, man, that's probably one of the best feelings. So, you know, I was super, super, you know, ecstatic to, to make it to the NFL. And um, again, it's, it's one of my biggest, biggest um, cherished moments. Given the pressures of being an NFL player, I wanted to know, how does Yannick deal with this on a personal level? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, you just kind of, you just kind of just really just have to develop like that, that hardened mentality, right? Mm. Um, it's the, it's, I think it's, it's like the saying about something where like uh, an egg is, is, is gets like hardened in, in hot water, but gets colder and or softer in a different uh, temperature and environment. It's, it's kind of like that, right? It's, really just have to have that 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 mentality to harden you to to just to just understand like people are always going to people are always going to have some sort of opinion that's that's how I how I think about things there's always going to be some sort of opinion and whether they're right or wrong really it's what really matters is just the the, the, the six to 12 inches really that are in your, your ear to ear right that's really all that really matters because a lot of times we're our own biggest enemies and biggest critics, right? When you look in the mirror, you know what you've done today and you know that um, you were supposed to do what you what you were supposed to do and you didn't do what you were supposed to do, right? And so I kind of just latch on to that mentality of, you know, if I just if I just laser laser in on all of my goals, laser in on what I'm supposed to do, people are always going to have an opinion. But I learned a long time ago that opinions don't cash checks in the bank, right? And so that's something that I've always been focusing on is just my mentality and just being locked in and laser focused on what I'm trying to accomplish. And, and really, that's all that, that matters, right? As long as you're happy and you accomplish your goals, nothing else really, really matters in life. But there must be some reward in all of this. Um, my favorite moment? Um, so I, I guess I don't necessarily have... A, a super favorite moment. I, I think what came out of the NFL was one of my biggest um, moments or accomplishments, right? So for me, <clears throat> I came to this country when I was about 10 years old and we came with a bag of clothes and, you know, we didn't really have much, right? And we, we made it happen. And I say me, I'm talking about my mother and I, and um, being able to to have enough money to, to buy her, her, her first home, that was something that was uh, my one of my biggest goals in life was to, to make sure that she had a place that she can call her own. And um, it's, it's, it's something that just kind of developed of, off of, you know, our immigration from a third world, third world country, quite frankly, to, to the US, right? And sleeping on the floor. And now, you know, hey, I'm, I'm in the NFL and I'm able to buy my mom her first house. I think that's, that's probably the biggest memory that I have of, of like the NFL for me. Like that's 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 my my favorite accomplishment. Sadly, Yannick's time in football was to be short-lived as he sustained a career-ending injury. I wondered 
How does this affect Yannick and his career goals moving forward? Yeah, so I tore my patella tendon towards the, the back end of, of, the, of my rookie year. And, you know, unfortunately, I had several surgeries and, and just never was able to, to rebound and get back to the, 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 the strength that I had in my knee. So that was probably one of the toughest moments in, in my, my life, just dealing with that the mental side of that, just having, having that window just shut so, so fast, you know, what it seemed like and, and just so, so, so short of a window um, was just, you know, it was just unreal to me. But again, fortunately, I, you know, started picking up, you know, books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I met a, a real estate developer in, in Nashville. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always a person that has always tried to do something. Like I've never, there's, there's, there's not in any way that, you know, you're going to see me down, you know, in the corner, just like licking my wounds. Like I'm going to be hurt, but I'm going to be hurt and still like doing something. Right. So I've been, so I tried like drop drop shipping, for example. I tried to start a drop shipping company while I was, you know, um, trying to transition out of the world of, of of the NFL. I'm just trying different things, and I just felt that this real estate stuff was something that was super applicable to to what, you know, my my sports background. So, you know, I was always I've always been in a in a position of being a captain. I know how to lead people. I know how to build teams. I know how to deal with, you know, people's uh, emotions. I know how to handle stress. I know how to 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 to, to fight against adversity. Um, I know emotional intelligence. I know how to put people in the right positions. All of all of the things when you're an operator, that's that's some of the soft skills that that really separate, you know, people in general or just operators in general, right? Or just leaders leaders, quite frankly. Um, that that's something that I just you know hung my hat on, and I said, hey, if I just if I just take the same energy and work ethic and just apply that into real estate and, and I'm, I may not know anything about real estate. I, I graduated from the University of Maryland with a kinesiology degree. So that was, you know, that had nothing to do with investment finance. But I said, hey, you know, if I if I if I if I got someone to believe in my work ethic and and allow me into their organization and allow and just latch on to them and learn that I think that's a, a great way to 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 get into a space transition and just learn a, a totally different field because it's no different from it's no different from being in the film room for example mm. right studying film you know me sitting on, on a desk with someone who else who owns two billion dollars worth of real estate it's no different from 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 him being my coach right so that's just the the, the mindset and, and the mentality that I had was you know yeah, it sucks right now, but this real estate thing, it seems like its it, it could be something that I can make a, a fruitful business out of. The one thing I just love about Yannick is that he has such a positive mindset. We're talking about these tough moments, these life-changing moments, and yet Yannick still retains a positive perspective. I think that really speaks loudly about the kind of person he is. But it was important for me to know how did he feel in that life-changing moment? So I've always been like that. I've, you know, I keep saying, you know, that underdog, that just mentality. Um, I've, I've always had that that chip on my shoulder. I've always, you know, I've, I've came to terms with in my life that, um, you know, I'm just going to have to be that dog in that fight, right? And it just, it, it, it doesn't really matter what situation that I'm placed in. It doesn't really matter, like, what's up against me. 
you know, what matters is my response to it, right? And I think that's just a, a microcosm of just life. Like things are gonna happen, you know, pie is gonna be in your face, but you know, what we can control is how we respond to that. And I think once we understand that, then you have true control over your life, true control over your mental, true control of, over your outcomes, because, you know, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? It's just um, taking control of your life and not having the world just control it as it sees fit. Let me take a moment here. What Yannick is saying about his life and overcoming life-changing circumstances, well, that's one of the most important lessons I've ever learned in my own life. How we have the power to make a choice in how we respond despite the circumstances around us and choosing a more positive route, that's simply amazing. As Yannick's story continues, he then enters the world of real estate, starting to change the game in his own way. I wanted to know how his story began. Yeah, so as I mentioned, I I met a, a developer in Nashville. He introduced me to real estate. I also was just always curious about real estate. I stumbled upon this Rich Dad Poor Dad book like everyone else in, in real estate. And the biggest thing for that from, from that book was you know, it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. An ideal time for me at the same time when I spent the $20,000, you know, in one month in the off season on just personal expenses. And I've always been a frugal person, but <clears throat> that really, that really, that with the injury really um, forced me to just pull back a little bit and say, well, hey, I'm not this, <laughs> you know, I may not be this big shot NFL guy anymore. Let me just kind of pull back and make sure that, you know, let me maybe get to the second contract or just get back on the field before I start doing, you know, making some crazy purchases here. Um, so it was just kind of fortunate for me to kind of latch on to that. And, you know, how I got my start in real estate was, again, just just hustling. Uh, I wanted to, to learn before I earned. That's one of the biggest pitfalls I think new investors get into, specifically when they want to get into the world of commercial real estate, is that they they think that, you know, they should just be doing deals for the money. But I think that your education is always going to outlast the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you might get lucky on the first deal, but the education is always going to catch up to you at some point or the experience is always going to catch up to you at some point. So I said, Hey, you know, I, I understand that this, you know, real estate is going to be a long play for me. I don't know anything about it. I'm just going to be a sponge. So I started off in, in brokerage, uh, specifically focusing on multifamily investment sales. Around that time, I got you know introduced to multifamily and the benefits, and said, "Hey, this is a much scalable way to build a portfolio than than residential single-family real estate." So I wanted to learn more on the multifamily side of things. Got in brokerage, did that for about a year. Really, really told myself, "Hey, I want to be an investor." Right? The the brokerage stuff was just a stepping stone for me to just say, "Hey, I'm in real estate now." I'm networking and opening doors for myself to be on the investment side. So fortunately I met with a private equity developer in DC. He gave me an opportunity to, to join his firm as an asset manager, learn from him, uh, did that for a couple of years. Then I moved to Walker and Dunlop as an asset manager, did that for a little while. Then I moved on to an institutional firm as an asset manager, uh, did that for a little, little over a year. And then after that, you know, after those five years, I just decided to to 
to go, you know, full time. So around that was about four years, right? So I, so after those four years, I decided to go full time in real estate and just pursue, you know, building our own assets. So we've been pretty pretty successful since. Hey, it's Mike. Passive income is one of this year's hottest buzzwords, but what is it? Well, passive income is when the elite make money and the rest of us sleep. Here at Norhart, we decided to open up this opportunity to everyone by giving you the chance to invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates without doing a thing. To learn more, visit norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and see what you can build towards. This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest. But after you make the leap to work on your own, how do you even start? Where do you raise the capital and how do you think about all of that? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question because, you know, I'm I'm not sure what what other people are doing. I'm just being transparent here, but I, I really work hard on what I do, and I see people on social media saying, "Oh, you know, capital raising is easy, and and doing larger deals is easy, and and you know that might be easy for some people, and maybe more challenging for others." Um, but I, but I think it's just to do bigger deals requ- requires more, right? If you want to do a, a regular single family hundred thousand dollar house, like that's somewhat easier than doing you know a ten million dollar deal. Right. Because there's a capital side to it where you're going to get the money from. There's the operational expertise side of that. There's the acquisition side of that. You know, who's going to help you with that? Um, And there's there are other things, maybe from a construction standpoint, because it is a larger project that you have to kind of figure out. Um, And, and, you know, for 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 me, luckily, I got the experience from learning from someone else. Mm. So while I was doing that, I was still building my network, raising capital, call it on the side you know, figuring out the operations aspect um, while I was working for for that firm, the acquisitions aspect to that as well, the construction aspect, you know, been able, at that time I was uh, uh, construct, doing construction management, not on the ground, but as an asset manager of over like 50 to $100 million projects. So just chipping away at that education really helped me get my start in the real estate space. So, I want to go back to a moment. Yannick has found himself working for a larger firm. He has a steady paycheck coming in. And yet again, Yannick asks himself, is this the life I want to lead? And once again, he makes the choice to take the leap and go out on his own. What's going through his mind in that moment? Yeah, I think I've, I've always wanted, so when I transitioned from the NFL to to real estate, I always said that I wanted the same amount of, I wanted the same or similar lifestyle that I had in the NFL um, in real estate, right? And and how how I thought that I, or how we have achieved that was just from cash flow, right? From acquiring properties, building that rental portfolio and supplementing that 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 income in a way that would allow you to to, to control your time. Because the reality is that when you work for someone else, although I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not the one to preach, you know, everyone should quit their job and, and become an entrepreneur because quite frankly, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. 
you know, there's sacrifices that come that comes with that. There's challenges, obstacles, headaches, stress, all of the things that 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 comes with entrepreneurship. And and everyone is not cut out for that. But for me, I knew that I wanted to control my time. I wanted to create generational wealth and I wanted to make an impact. So I, I found that entrepreneurship was a great way for me to do that. And I said, you know, I've 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 learned enough to be dangerous. Now is now is you know a great opportunity for me to just jump out there full time. And so um I think for for people who are you know conflicted about making that jump, you know, first first think about is this the life that you want to 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 leave to to live, breathe, sleep, enjoy, and really just intertwine within your within your life, right? Because entrepreneurship is is completely different than just clocking in and clocking out and, mm. and watching Netflix, right? That's just the truth that people don't really like to talk about. Um, so it was just about, you know, first dedicating yourself to that lifestyle, but then committing yourself. Because I think dedication and commitments are two different things. If you're dedicated, yes, you're going to change things in a way that would pivot you in a in a in a route to get to your to your goal. But commitment, that's like an internal just uh, DNA change of like, I'm no longer waking up at eight o'clock anymore. Like if I wake up at 5 AM, it's, it's a fail. I should be waking up at 4 AM. Like that's the level of commitment that I think you have to do to be a really, really successful entrepreneur. So, um, you know, for people who are trying to make that, that, that change and, and just, you know, make that decision really, really think about that. I think it's human nature to, to have that little voice in your, in your mind say, Hey, well, what, what if it doesn't work out? What if this, what if that? But uh, I think, you know, I think it's just up to you to really uh, silence that little voice and really just focus on the positives and, and focus on how you're going to get to that to that level, right? Um, I'm not saying jump out there if you have zero dollars in savings, but uh, I think that, you know, if you truly want something, you're going to figure it out. Now that Yannick is running his own real estate business, I wanted to know, what are some of the biggest challenges he's faced in this new arena? I would say that the biggest challenge that I've that I've faced was by nature of my personality, I I have no problem with um, playing at the high level, which is, you know, being the leader, structuring the deal, you know, the the, the lead, you know, general partner in the deal, you know, being that guy, raising the capital, closing the deal. But I have no problem jumping in the field if need to, and and I need to pick a shovel up, and get some get something done, right? And I think that's that's the difference. I think for from from for someone who, I think that's that's a true leader in my in my perspective, right? First and foremost, because um, you should always lead by example. There's there's for 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 people that work for you, and we you know been fortunate to to have to make our first hire. This year, for people to work for you, one they they have to. I think they should respect you, but I think it's it's incumbent on on you to 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 show them that you're willing to do the same thing that they're doing right now, right? Um, so so for me, I think that one of the biggest challenges was just yeah, I have that mentality, but letting that go from a perspective of I can't scale if I'm focused on the smaller items, even though yes, I can jump into that and take that on, that is not something that I should be doing. And I think that's a constant battle between where I want to, to be or where we're working to be versus what 
I may want to do at that moment in time, because I have no problem with saying, well, you know, either you're on the train or, or you're on the tracks, right? I'm, I'm completely fine with both. Like if, if I need to get something, something done, I'm going to get it done myself. So I think that's that for me, 2023 was all about stepping back, you know, separating, separating what got me to where I am, which is the hustling mentality to becoming a CEO and a visionary mm. type of mentality. Here, I really had to know, was there a moment, a story, a time that really solidified Yannick's need to make a change? Um, it was probably when I was, you know, after I closed my second second deal, second, you know, multifamily deal. And um, I think like the day after that, I was like at Home Depot. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, here, here we are, you know, we just like closed, you know, um, you know, one point or like a $2 million deal. And, um, and I'm at Home Depot, like I should be working on my next deal, right. Uh, so I think that was kind of like the, that moment of understanding that, you know, in order for me to scale and grow the firm, you know, I can't be I can't do this anymore. You know, that, you know, first year real estate, you know, guy that was hungry to learn everything and, and, and willing to do whatever it takes to, to, to get to that goal. I have to leave that person behind because that's that person is essentially going to be my biggest hurdle when it comes to getting to ultimately my truest potential, which is, you know, at the top. Right. So that is that's that that was probably my uh, my last straw moment. Hmm. It's worth noting here that for all the top businesses, the ones that have truly made an impact in the world, they've all gone through some major moments that really set them back. Apple nearly went bankrupt, and Nike had a similar moment. In fact, the founder thought that he may even go to jail. I posed Yannick the question, had he ever experienced a moment like that? So fortunately, I haven't, I haven't had a, you know, a, a large hiccup or a large you know, challenge. I would say that I have had many challenges that definitely tested the journey or tested the faith, whether it's, you know, a deal that was, you know, the capital commits were, were slow to come in, for example, that can break, that can be, you know, one of the, 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 the most stressful points, um, you know, maybe a contractor that I, that I got, you know, ripped off from in my early days, or maybe a deal that didn't go so well. Um, I think those, those moments could definitely, you know, tie you up and, and really make you rethink like, you know, is this something that I, that I really want to do? But um, it, it really just comes comes down to your why, right? Why are you doing this? You know, anytime that I feel that that you know I'm, I'm getting some sort of doubt, I immediately just kind of put things down and just go do something else, right? Or just just hang it up for the night, go sleep, and I'll wake up tomorrow and see how I feel. Um, and I always try to go back to that why about what what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And a lot of times that why would really bring out the the best out of you because if that why is strong enough many of times it will allow you to kind of push past whatever that you're going through. If it's not strong enough, then obviously you're going to, to pivot and, and do something else. Right. So, um, that, that is, that's, that's kind of how I overcome, you know, hurdles and, and, and struggles. And, you know, to your question, that's, that's, that's part of, you know, some of the, the things that I've been able to, to overcome. I'm going to take another moment here because this resonates with me deeply. I cannot stress enough the importance of knowing your why. 
Every entrepreneur that I speak to has a purpose bigger than themselves. The why is understanding what that purpose means to you as an individual. Because without that purpose, without knowing your why, you will never be fully in control of your vision, your destiny. That's what drives true visionaries to make a meaningful impact in the world. What I wanted to find out next was, given the fraternity of brothers Yannick made during his playing career, did they reach out and offer any help getting him started? And were there any unexpected challenges? Definitely, definitely. One of my first deals, you know, we were able to successfully raise some capital, you know, from folks that I've played with in, in the NFL. Um, I, I would say one of the biggest challenges when it comes to uh, uh, athletes, I think in general, specifically, I, I would say in the NFL is that, you know, the velocity of money is, is something that they're used to. And it's not the same of an, an average person's life. So I'll break it down in, in this context. So a lot of times, you know, athletes, when they're, you know, making money within the pros, those checks come in like 50, 100, 200, 100, you know, maybe 500 grand if you're one of the top athletes on the team. And in the NFL, you get that over maybe a 19 or a 20 week, you know, period, right? So your entire millions, millions of dollars into the, those little chunks. And I think psychologically that affects the athlete in a way negatively in a way that tells them, well, this is how money is made, right? Because they've never seen anything else. So I think historically that has a lot to do with the connection between athletes um, losing money on investments that promised high returns, but really they had no ability to evaluate risk because one, they're not educated. And then two, you know, they think that this, this is just how money is made, right? So I think you know, today's athletes are much more different in a way that they're more educated. They, you know, they're exposed to opportunities like venture capital, real estate, trucking, whatever the case may be, different aspects of, of business. So the modern day athlete, in my opinion, is much more smarter now than the, the 2000s broke 30 for 30 series, right? But I say that, that to say that, you know, a lot of times, you know, at some athletes still think that, you know, um, you know, high returns, you know, it's deals that deals that have high returns are deals that they should be investing in, right? Because it, it matches up with their profile of, you know, an exorbitant amount of, of money, right? Whereas, you know, if they understand that, you know, a steady 8% return that compounds this year over year, that can do a lot for you as well. And that's a, that's, you know, depending on what space you're playing in a safer investment than something that's saying you know, 50% in two months. Right. Um, so I'd say that to say, that's probably one of the hurdles that I, that I originally ran into when I was getting into the world of, of private investments and educating athletes on opportunities that we have. And, and, you know, now today we just kind of serve as, as the, 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 the sounding board on, on investment opportunities specifically in the world of real estate and you know, just educate them on 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 how to how to evaluate risk, you know, where they should be allocating their capital, um, in hopes of you know them being able to preserve the wealth that they've created in such a short time. Because it's really it's really a short time for an athlete, right? It's 
to, to, to make a hundred million dollars in, in maybe eight to 10 years, that's a very, like some people that's generational money in, in a very short time. So when I'm having conversations with athletes who I know have amassed, you know, this, this amount of capital in a short time, I try to, um, relay that message in a way that's, that's receptive and they understand it from that perspective. I, I think the, the ones who, who they're, they're going to be ones that get it and they're going to be ones who, you know, have a little bit more, um, higher risk profile. And I think that's just the nature of an athlete is, you know, we have this bet on ourselves mentality, but I think if you don't know how to balance emotion with investing, you're going to lose your money because emotions and, and, and money never mix well, right? Especially when it comes to investing. And I've heard different stories from from folks who I know who have transitioned and, and gotten into investments because they, you know, see the high return or they didn't know how to evaluate risk or they had this, you know, we're going to hit it big <laughs> this time because this is what I'm used to and, and this is what I need to do. Right. So um, I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's going to be some changes in the future. You know, one of the interesting things going on in the real estate market today is rising interest rates. This has caused a lot of deals simply not to make sense. As such, there's a lot of turmoil right now in the space. I asked Yannick for his perspective on this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that everyone across the board in the real estate industry has certainly you know, felt the pressure. I mean, the, the reality is if you started your real estate career in the past 10 years, you've seen nothing but up markets, right? You've seen low interest rates and that's what you're used to and, and you know, you can fathom seeing a 6% or let alone 7% interest rate. So I think there's a lot of head spins and a lot of people just maybe on the sidelines waiting for uh, the Fed to change their tune. Um, for us, we see it as an opportunity to to still acquire deals at a, at a great basis, right? Because we knew that um, with, with a lot of attention and, and a lot of just, you know, excitement around this whole world of syndications, I knew that there was going to be a bubble on syndications. Mm. Um, from the perspective of people getting into to 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 deals at, at too high of prices, people not being educated on how to effectively operate and manage opportunities, which is really where the money is made, things like that that would get a lot of people in trouble. So um, I say that to say for us, you know, we are still looking at opportunities specifically at, uh, you know, deals that we can buy at the right price. That's what we're focused on. And we know that, you know, interest rates are always going to affect, you know, um, commercial real estate investments, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's always going to have an effect on the yields that you're able to, to, to get, you know, depending on the price that you're, that's, that's out there. But, you know, for us, it's really just about buying deals at the right price and um, understanding that, you know, as long, as long as we stick to our fundamentals and our prices at, it's at the right basis, we'll, we'll be fine. Mm. Right. Because that, you know, where we play in the multifamily space, affordable housing, um, it's a crisis across across yeah. the country. And so we know if we buy in the right places, you know, we'd be able to attract the right tenants and, and the fundamentals would just help us um, ele help elevate our, our investment. So, um, you know, I say that to say as long as we, we buy the right price, we'll, we'll be fine. We're, we're still looking at opportunities. As we reach the end of this chapter in the Annex story, I asked Yannick, what's his dream? Where does he see this going and what advice does he have for up and coming entrepreneurs? Yeah. So, so our, our goal, our ultimate company goal um, is to acquire $5 billion of, of real estate, 10,000, 10,000 units of real estate, um, whether that's through acquisitions or development 
and I mentioned that we're pivoting into the world of affordable housing development, specifically through um, tax credits and, and those allocations. Um, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for uh, investors to get into the world of, of affordable housing because, I mean, I, I read an article a couple, couple of days ago, they were saying it's like at the worst levels in history from an affordability perspective. So I'm, I'm always looking for opportunities to solve problems because a lot of times that's where the money is made, right? By solving problems. So I figured that, um, you know, with, with, with a little bit of hard work and, um, you know, just being in the right place, we'll, we'll be able to be quote unquote lucky again. The, the journey that that I'm on, you know, I don't know what's what's in in the future, but I know it's it, it requires patience, right? Um, so I heard someone say the other day, you know, this game is about micro speed and macro patience. Mm. Micro speed in a way that allows you to take action from a day to day basis, control what you can control, make sure that you are focusing on the right things that you need to focus on. And then macro patience to understand that, you know, it's not going to be built overnight. And I think if you keep chipping away at it, you keep taking action on a daily day-to-day -day, uh, perspective, and you just keep making those daily deposits. Over time, you're going to achieve what you want to achieve. So that's that's what I hang my my hat on is just focusing on the, the small things, the details, the, the the steps. And I think you know, once we look up five to ten years from now, there should be no no reason why I shouldn't be, you know, achieving, achieving that goal. So I think, uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I want to share with the audience today is just understand that this game is a long game. It's, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you want, want to play, I think at the private equity level, the commercial real estate level, I think you just have to understand that this is a long game. It requires patience. It requires, um, uh, gratitude. It requires a, a long-term outlook and, you cannot go on this journey by yourself. You have to understand that it's it, it's going to take people, it's going to take processes, and it's going to take systems as well. And I think if you kind of hang your hat on that, you'll you'll definitely be able to, to be successful. Yannick is a visionary. His work ethic, his newfound desire, and the lessons the NFL imparted upon him sent him in directions he could not have foreseen. But with his tenacity, passion, and singular drive, Yannick didn't let adversity derail him. Instead, he used life lessons to make a meaningful impact in the world. And isn't that what we want from all of our leaders? Thank you for listening. Keep following the journey by subscribing. And if you want to tell a friend, we'd be cool with that too.